Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. This is episode 208. Today we are with Coach Charlie Miller and Coach Jim Huber. Coach Jim Huber has developed and coached some of the best players in the world. He has over 24 years of coaching experience at the youth, high school, and college levels. He has developed and coached some of the best players in the world. Some of his former elite student athletes are now playing for the NBA while others have gone on to play at some of the best college programs in the nation, such as Michigan State, Duke, and Kentucky. Coach Huber has devoted a large portion of his professional career towards developing youth through sport. He has been instrumental in helping more than 70 high school student athletes earn college scholarships. Coach Huber is also a head coach and founding member of Breakthrough Basketball, the internet's number one website for basketball camps, resources, and learning products. He is a graduate of Avilia University, where he played basketball and earned a Bachelor of Science in Communication with an emphasis in business and an MBA in marketing. Coach Charlie Miller founded Attack Basketball Academy in 2009 to help players of any ability succeed. He has coached hundreds of players individually on teams and in small groups. He specializes in a combination of mental and physical conditioning tailored to each player. His coaching philosophy revolves around playing through mistakes and giving each player the direction and autonomy to become their own inner coach. He focuses on processes over outcome, meaning development is more important than wins and losses. On top of running his own successful company, he has also been a head coach with Breakthrough Basketball since 2016. This position has allowed him to coach thousands of players in camps around the world. And now, not only does he lead multiple specialized camps, including elite guard, ball handling, finishing, and shooting, and elite youth scoring, he also personally develops and improves new and existing camp curriculum to increase camp effectiveness for attendees. 
Coach Charlie accepted a scholarship to play at Indiana University at Bloomington under legendary coach Robert Montgomery Knight. He played all four years and graduated with a Bachelor's of Science degree. As you can see, these two are just a kind of elite teachers of the game. Their main focus is, you know, just building better basketball players. Today's topic is holistic training, developing the complete player. So I'm really excited to introduce Coach Charlie Miller and Jim Huber. Everybody, welcome to the uh, Championship Vision Podcast, episode 208. Um, I'm fired up about this one because I always enjoy listening to great teachers of the game. And um, uh, they don't know this, but I have seen a lot of their videos, a lot of their, their resources. I uh, love both of their websites. We'll welcome here Coach Jim Huber. And we already gave an introduction of, of you, Jim Huber, beforehand, and also Coach Charlie Miller. Okay, so we're so excited to have both of you guys on. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. likewise, Kevin. Thanks for having us on. Hey, Jim, let's get started with you. Just kind of give us a, ble a brief background on how you got started in the game, your passion for the game, and how you have now become kind of this guru teacher at Breakthrough Basketball, just doing a lot of great things for kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I started out, of course, you know, playing the game and ended up, you know, playing in college. And I got done playing, and I was like, you know, I, I, my dad was a coach, and he coached, like, you know, football, baseball, basketball. He coached baseball in college. And I was like, I, I, I want to coach. I love coaching and uh, working with people and seeing what my dad, the impact he's had. So I started getting into uh, college coaching. I, I was able to get my master's at the school that I played at. And, um, and then also an assistant AD position opened up, applied for that and got that. And then all of a sudden I become a head coach at age of 25 in college. And you think you know what you know, you know what you know and you're smart enough to have success. You don't, and you realize you don't know as much as maybe you think you know. And I remember my suggestions, I might agree with one of them and do one of them. But understand, when you move over a couple inches over here in the head coaching chair, it's a lot different. Um, I didn't really realize it until I became a head coach. And then I ended up going on to um, a Division I school and coaching there, being an assistant coach. And I wasn't making that much money doing it. I was kind of getting frustrated. I was like, I want to go make a million dollars. So I'm like, I'm going to go do real estate. I'm going to go do all these type of things. And I got out. And when I did, one of the players that I coached with, he, got, he was finishing school. And he's like, hey, coach, I want to start this spring summer program that uh, are just developing kids that they don't transfer and um, treating it like a college program. He's like, would you do that? I was like, yeah, I can do that. So I started helping him doing this, but I got pulled into it full time. It was a thing called Mocan Basketball Club. And we ended up developing one of the top programs in the country. And, and then Breakthrough Basketball, I ran a lot of camps and clinics in the area. And then a guy named Joe Hafner that's part of our Breakthrough, he lived in Kansas City. He reached out and he's like, hey, can, uh, can I help coach with MoCan? And can we test some of the things that we're doing with Breakthrough? And I was doing on camps and clinics. I was like, hey, would you like to partner up some camps and clinics and, in Kansas City with us and, and develop them out? And then we can maybe take it nationwide. So I ended up doing that. And we developed it nationwide. So I went kind of uh, more full-time in that regards. And now it's like developing curriculums, training coaches, and materials that help coach succeed at, at uh, through Breakthrough. So – and then Charlie and I met him 
through breakthrough basketball and he can kind of tell you his own story. And then we kind of develop an understanding of maybe more player, complete player development. And we'll talk to you more about, so that's kind of a, kind of a brief synopsis and kind of let Charlie probably tell his story. Yeah, absolutely. Coach Miller, go ahead. Uh, and I love, I, I know you're going to have a Bobby Knight story for me. I know that, right? Yeah, we got to end the podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> no, I, no, one, I appreciate you, Kevin. Thanks for having us on. So uh, for me, I, I want to kind of go into um, really my, uh, I guess, introduction to coaching. It was my, my nephew. It was, uh, you know, it was, you know, uncle, uncle played college basketball, uncle played professional basketball, uncle could teach you one or two things. And um, we had a success story. My, my nephew went on to play um, at an NEIA school and scored over 1,500, 1500 points. And I share that because, you know, in high school, he was one of the players that was more so inconsistent on playing time. And I was surprised. I mean, and I only shared one or two things with him, and he really took it to heart. Um, you know, more like a passerby situation for me on information, but he really took it to heart. And I remember him talking after the third, you know, conference championship, saying, Uncle, all I'm doing is what you taught me. And I'm like, I'm, I probably can coach. I don't know, right? Um, fast forward, you know, I, I happened to move to Dallas, Texas from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was a sales manager. I, I was out of the game of basketball, um, you know, had an extensive playing career, played at Indiana. We're going to talk about that. But um, I was out of the game of basketball and just playing, you know, at the local 24-hour fitness centers. And I actually hired someone as a sales manager um, that was coaching club basketball. I didn't, I didn't understand that concept. Growing up in Miami, Florida, we didn't have club basketball. We didn't even have AAU. Uh, you just played on a mom and pop team, right? You just kind of got some people together and played. So that was a foreign concept when I moved to Dallas, club basketball. And it's very curious, almost like to the point where Jim talked about with Joe Hafner. It was like, hey, can I partner with you all? It was an organization in town. And I did. And I, you know, found a love to just want to coach and be around. But it was just happened to be a player that wanted shooting lessons. And I didn't realize how um, big, you know, seventh grade trials were around the country. Mm -hmm. Just things that were just foreign for me. And um, I helped the player, you know, I taught him how to shoot in his garage. It was a simple thing. He made his team. He started playing well. And it was like word of mouth, organic growth. And literally three plus years in, it led me to breakthrough basketball because I hit a point in my own career development as a coach only going off of what I knew. And I'll, I'll give you a coach nightism. He would say sarcastically, Charlie, I know I forgot more than what you would know ever in basketball. And that's literally a place I would coach from until I hit a point where I needed substance and value. And I remember going on, you know, going online, finding breakthrough basketball, looking to become a head clinician. And then years later, you know, showing an interest in one to really, really learn how to develop content, develop content and develop coaching like a coach, Jim Huber. And I would watch his videos and I know he will tell you stories about that. I would, like you say, you watch us. I would watch Jim three or four o'clock in the morning, teaching points, points of emphasis, reaching coaches, reaching players. And I was just so intrigued by that. I would copy him. I would call him. I would try to sound like him, you know, cause it's like a copy until you can customize your situation. So fast forward where we are right now, 
where now I see him as a mentor and as a partner. We collaborate together. So I wanted to give you my story on coaching. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love how you guys kind of got into skill development and kind of in, into the into really kind of developing players. Uh, you think us head coach, I've always been a head coach, uh, and I've been a girls coach for a long time. Um, do you think that the head coaches in today's game are actually preparing players properly? Is that why there's more player development coaches out there? Are we not doing the job, or we should become uh, more adept at it? I'll let you answer that, Jim. I, I have my thoughts. Well, I mean, I think I think in different parts of the country, like in Kansas City, the high school coach can only work with individuals uh, for, you know, especially on the Kansas side for a certain part of the year. So they can't work with the kids. Just a little bit of a delay there. To, yeah. to become better. I do think there are some coaches out there that maybe, uh, you know, coach the way they've been coached. Um, coach uh, maybe, uh, and fundamentals is fundamentals, but there's a way of how basketball has been developed over time and to kind of stay up with the time of how to teach um, individuals how to be successful on the court. I think some people may be, um, struggle with some of that because they don't study as much, like you said, of maybe better ways to do things. Um, you might add to it, Charlie, as well. Well, no, right. So, you know, Jim's in Kansas. I'm in, I'm in uh, uh, Dallas. And, you know, you have what you call the UIL, the University Intercollegiate Athletics, uh, you know, in the league for high school governing, right? So the high school coaches can only do so much, right? And almost like when I was in college, you can only do so much per week, um, and, and rightfully so. Um, but what, like Coach Jim talked about, I, I think sometimes as coaches, we can almost take an, an old school approach of, you know, follow our rules, do as we say, not as we do. And we might lose sight of what development really looks like. I totally can get it, totally understand it, but you also are strapped on time. I look at it as the ability change, right? It comes down to sometimes time, comes down to mental and physical fortitude, and then ultimately the routine, okay? That's why there may be so many player development coaches or outside skill training programs that exist because people feel, players feel, parents feel, they may not be getting what they actually are looking for uh, from the head coach. Another question too is, are they articulating what they're looking for from the head coach? Okay, just something to put out there. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I w I'm going to give you my, since you guys are going to kind of pick my brain a little bit, I believe that the high school coach needs to be a one-stop shop, and we need to study more on individual development. Like today in my workouts, I mean, we're going to be working on, you know, you know, coming off the ball screen, hip to hip, good hand, you got to be able to handle with either hand off that ball screen. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're working on individual skills. Um, is that lacking? Because, and I don't mind if my kids go outside, but don't you think high school coaches need to be more equipped to teaching individual skills before we get on with your, your program that you started? You can help me with yeah, that. Yeah, and, I, and I, th I think a problem becomes this, Coach, is that, you know, even parents, I always tell them, like, they'll just go to somebody and have them train their child. And I'm like, just because somebody played a game, just because somebody played professional or played college doesn't mean they're a good coach. Right. I, I see it all the time with this. And you walk into a gym, they might be like looking on YouTube and just doing some YouTube drills or whatever, putting stuff together and just run. Oh, my kid's working hard in here. Are they really learning 
proper ways of how to play. Are they learning a skill? Like I always try to talk about like teaching a skill. Do they understand like why they use the skill? Do they understand how to implement situation on the court would indicate that they would apply it, right? I don't feel like we do a good job of that. And I tell parents all the time, go into a, don't drop your kid at a workout. No, it's different in COVID-19. Just sit there and just pay the money. Sit down at a workout and watch. Like you could be acting like you're reading something and look what they're doing. Are they really um, putting together a viable workout? And I always say this too. You don't like kids, you don't have to sit there and go to a workout person like three or four times a week. Are you kidding me? I mean, they're going to do the same thing over and over again, right? And I challenge them like, you go weekly or whatever, ask the coach to give you a workout for the week, like the workout coach, give you a workout that you can follow. It's not rocket science, it's easy to do. Um, and I, I think that's like, it's key. And I, but I think as a high school coach, you talk about a coach, it's like, I mean, people don't understand high school coach, you got a lot on your plate. You might be teaching, you got a family. Um, you, you might be able to do certain workouts. There's limited what you can do with certain high school associations. Um, and I think also you have to, you have to have your own time and space as well. Cause it could be a year round deal. You could get burned out. Sure. But I do think as you talk about a high school coach, I would, if I was running a high school program, I would definitely have a workouts in place, small group workouts, things we're doing. It's going to be constructed a certain way. It's going to be like, we're going to go, and we're getting this, how we're going to layer stuff upon what we're doing. And I go back to this, like if I had a kid that asked me, said, okay, I want to get a workout outside my high school coach. I'm telling them also, when I talk to workout uh, person, I'm like, make sure the workouts that they're doing, make sure they're getting shots that they would get into the high school, right? Are you running a flex offense? Are you running a ball screen offense? Are you running a dribble drive? Are you, where are you getting your shots at? Because your workout should emulate those shots because that's what's going to make it more game-like. And when you get into game, it's going to be more applied and you're going to see more success in it. And see too many kids working on things. They don't even do in a game situation what the high school teams are playing on. No, that's an excellent, excellent uh, e explanation. And I literally just left your area uh, this past weekend close to you. I was in Swanee. Okay. Um, and I literally I had a parent share with me, you know, um, you know, I was telling my son in a game situation, don't play the drill, play the game. But that's what happens because as a parent, I feel lost because what the trainers have not done is really explained the situation. And, and Coach Jim really challenged me on that when I first started learning how to really deliver this game. He would ask me one simple question, Kevin, where does this drill fit in a game application? And if I could not answer it, he probably didn't know this. He probably chuckled. I would get mad because I couldn't explain it. But he was right. And that's what I've learned over time. It, it's literally how, you know, really before I get into it, it's like, how can I take these individual skills into universal team concepts? And the way I explain that is you may play for a coach like Coach, coach Knight, who is a demanding coach. You may play for a coach that is not so demanding. But if you can build your individual skills and understand how to come off ball screens, hip to hip, throw your hips to the logo, the half court sign, you know, how, you know, how to reject screens, what are five solutions you can do, small, simple teaching points, but also how to delegate this. Because, you know, as a head coach, I know your time is probably uh, very valuable, but you don't have a lot to give to the players. And you all 
probably responsible for the incoming eighth graders, seventh graders. You want to make sure that that system right. is implemented down. And for me, a system is designed to create a predictable outcome. So how can you possibly create some type of delegation on, you know, hey, uh, you know, Charlie, you and my assistant, hey, I, I want you to be in charge of putting together the programs and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Planning, organizing, and attacking a strategy. And I think going back to what you said, Charlie, too, and this is what I challenge Charlie on too a lot too, Kevin, is when you put something together, it's like, okay, there's got to be a flow to something. Yep. Right? I'm not going to go in with the kid at the beginning. I'm going to work on step-back jumpers, same-foot right. step-back jumpers and counters, all right, in shooting and footwork if they don't have a basic fundamental down of their yep. shot. Yep. It's like finishing. Am I going to go in and all of a sudden I'm going to work on pro hops and euros when they don't understand a basic lip or ripping it to the air, protecting it? you know, defender body ball, and they're not good at maybe being ambidextrous around the rim. Like, where, where are we progressing and layering into things? Because I think it, skills, you think about it, skills becomes like layered, like layered in the sense of you, you got footwork, right? You got shooting, right? You got ball handling, you got finishing, you got different type. Of, you, so you can, you can package these up where you got these certain, I call them categories, and then what are these categories? Okay, finishing. I'm going to layer all my finishes out. I'm going to start here, and eventually we finish here. And it might be 15 to 16 different finishes. And then eventually I'm going to get the kids to understand, okay, you got to master three. If somebody – we always talk about an ABC finish. If somebody's coming from behind trailing you, what are you going to do? If somebody's on your hip, right, and they're right in the level of you, what are you going to do? If somebody – you beat a primary defender and they come from health side, what are you going to do? Because again, you can have all these moves, but you can't have analysis and paralysis. You gotta be in attack mode. It's like you can teach these kids, okay, ball handling, what are we gonna start with? What are we gonna end with? And it's a progression, but also too, we show them all these different change direction moves. Eventually, like and I tell them, Alan Iverson, what do you have? He had a crossover. And they knew it. That was his go-to move. When somebody came chest to chest, what did he do? They took it away, he countered with the double cross. So to me, it's like, then you gotta eventually, once you get good at stuff, what is my going to my go-to moves in this type of stuff. And then what am I countering with? Because you gotta be aggressive. You can't overthink the game, right? So anyway, not to get off on a tangent, but I think that's where, like when I think our curriculums with breakthrough and the camps we do, it's always if we have a three, four, five day camp, like when I work with Charlie, okay, we're starting here. Here's where we're ending. Okay, let's, let's find out how we get there because yeah. it's a progression to get there. It's like you. Kevin, if you start out the season, the beginning, you start out, say, in November, you're like, okay, at the beginning of the season, let's say defense, conceptually, we're going to start here. Here's where we're going to be at the end during, during when we get to tournament time. Okay, offensively, we're going to start here. Here's where we're going to be. It's the same thing in skills. It's skill development. It's the same thing. But sometimes we don't look at it that way. We don't develop the plans out. We just go in a gym and just, like, go through whatever we think we want to do that day, and it's cool, and they yeah. get it sweat in the workout. But did they really – get better are right. they really progressing at a rate you want them to to have the skills to succeed when it becomes game like situation on the court no that's awesome if i if i just want to add something to that and, and let me just as a coach to me i think the overall theme is two things it's first communication second it's patience because things happen over time we want them now <laughs> But if you can start with starter steps, scale back. Coach Jim is really excellent at scaling things back. What can you do right now? We want to get to Z, but can you start A? 
can you go to B? Go back to A. And that's, I mean, I think understanding that, which in itself takes time to develop because it's all skill related. We're trying to build a routine, right? Your methodology. So I know taking this, for example, he talked about, you know, we, we go over three ways of finishing ABC. Now, I got that from Coach Jim. That was the copy. Now, let me show you how I customize it. Here's what we talk about mentality. I call A layups, you are alone. No one's around you. One foot finishes. See, again, our mind's like a supercomputer. You keep it simple, short, it's, it sticks and stays and never goes away. Eight layups are alone. One foot finishes. B layups, someone's beside you. Someone's behind you. There's categories for those layups. C layups, you've committed help side. So ABC, like when I'm teaching my players, you know, it's like almost we have a little jargon of community, right? So it's like a philosophy. It's what we say, culture is what we create. And if, you know, you can create that, that community of communication through patience and grace and flexibility, that's where soft skills come in. I mean, wow, man, you'll just see people grow over time. And it's like, we all are growing at the same rate. And Kevin, you could have a podcast by itself. I'm telling you straight out on acronyms. No, on acronyms. You just have a straight out our podcast with acronyms and Charlie will give you a hundred of them. And they're incredible. I'm just telling you, he's an acronym king. We're going to come back to that, Charlie. We're going to, you're going to be invited back to do that. I appreciate uh, Yeah, no doubt. I really appreciate that. I really want to get into your – I picked the topic that, you know, Meredith gave me uh, – she did a great job contacting me uh, about developing the complete player because at my school, gentlemen, we're a small 1A school, and I have – I got to create kids that are versatile, that they all can play inside, outside. They have a left hand, right hand. They can, yeah, I mean, they can go, mo I mean, they can pivot off either foot. I mean, so I want versatile, I want a complete player. Define your complete player in the program you guys are developing. I I'm looking forward to this. Coach Jim. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, first of all, when we talk about complete is this is what I, you know, even challenged Charlie on. I, I feel like in coaching, we, like, we live in really, if you think about it, four dimensions. And I'm a real big believer anymore in developing more of a four-dimensional basketball player, four-dimensional athlete. What I mean by four dimensions is majority of us focus on our physical body because that's what we see through the mirror, right. right? So most of our training has to focus on skill development, strength conditioning, speed and agility, nutrition. All, and that's, that's great. It needs to be done, right? And that's probably 95 to 98% of the training. But people don't understand is the mind. And the mind controls the body. So the body's an instrument of the mind. And you see individuals, kids that struggle with lack of confidence, anxiety, depression. Um, they're inconsistent. They get frustrated easily, whatever. And they don't understand how their mind works. So to me is the second, like a dimension is the mind. And the mind is a magnificent tool we've been blessed with, but we don't understand how it works. We don't understand how to use it. We don't understand our conscious or subconscious mind. And even the conscious mind, like this, our thinking mind gives us, we can ability to accept or reject information. And the subconscious mind is our emotional mind. It doesn't, it can't reject. It just takes in what you, what you give. It's that conditioned mind. And it's almost, we have this knowing doing gap. People know what to do, but they don't do it because the thinking mind knows, but the doing mind is conditioned a different way. So it's frustration. 
So to me is like, I, any more work with athletes, understand their mind and mind training. Part is we're a spiritual being living in a body. Time and out. I feel like too many individuals, we live life and we think I'm a basketball player. I'm a football player. Or they get done playing a sport and they, their identity is wrapped around what they do and they struggle with it. People struggle with their identities. And, uh, and to me, it's like, no, let's understand who you are. No, this is just what you do. And then the other part is the, the fourth dimension we get into is the environments. The, you know, Jim Rohn you said at one time, he said, you become the percentage of the five people you hang out with the most. So again, we get into the environments you put yourself in. Okay. And we have this physical environment we can see, but there's this non-physical environment of the energies of who we are that this law of attraction and things, our thoughts and what we send out our emotions, what's attracted back to us. So we, we dive deep into really getting in, inside the essential skills, life skills that really help set them up for success and make them a complete person, right? And that's part of the four dimensions. And then we can definitely get into more of the complete training that develops a complete basketball player. But that's just kind of focus on the dimensions. I feel like a coach that we do more of that. We're going to have a more well-balanced person that's going to succeed in and out of the sport, and particularly basketball is what we're talking about. And I, and I want to piggyback, and I think this is important, Kevin, because we can talk about all the great things that we've done and, and what we're looking to do, but I want to be vulnerable right now because I know what it, ta what it looks like when you have been identified as an athlete all of your life. I know what it feels like when you – only answer to you are an, you are you play you know you're an Indiana basketball player you you are a basketball player you, you know and that takes on a life of its own because the performance becomes your identity and when you are not performing uh you're not you're not who you think you are and that's something I had to learn and that was my transition from a from an athlete basketball player to a coach because I was so caught up in my identity as Charlie, the IU basketball player, Charlie, the McDonald's All-American. It was my performance. And Coach Jim put it in a way where thousands of athletes, coaches also struggle in this area, right? We call it vicarious living through parent. We, you know, we for me, it's performance shame. That's why I really appreciate it when I got with someone like Coach Huber because we flipped that script. Instead of saying it's a focus all on the hard physical skills, let's really develop the soft skills. Really, what makes it all stick? Right, and to kind of segue into that, but I, but I wanted to share that because you know, I, I'm a product of the product. A lot of things that we talk about, I, I've taken a deep dive, search on and evaluate myself before I start helping anybody else as well. Yeah, and I want to learn too because I think uh, I, I think I'm guilty. I'm trying to get better on the mental skills, uh, but I don't think I do enough on the environmental skills. Uh, the and I really have to work on what am I doing to improve the the spirit of my players. Uh, I try to coach on the teachable spirit, but I need some help with this. So I'm here to learn, guys. I think most coaches are guilty of that, maybe afraid to admit it. But uh, I think we all need work on that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm glad Coach Jim is moving. It's all good. Because I <laughs> see that my, my, my uh, 
the grass is about to get cut now. It's got to get real loud. So I'm hoping there it goes. And I'm hoping <laughs> I saw something that said, okay, I'm hoping we can pivot and just keep yeah. moving because right. we don't make it a big deal. It's all good. <laughs> Coaches, let's, uh, let's get into the soft skills. Um, I'm really curious. And of course, I've read all your materials and so forth. Kind of break down the soft skills that we uh, that players need. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a um, a great question, and I and I think um, first of all, I think really um, if you think about it, I think it's what people need to understand again who they are, but realize how they've been conditioned, and a lot of times we've been conditioned through our environments and genetically. And so I think with people understand that and how you can recondition yourself for success by using your mind, I think the key is starting with understanding what your conscious, subconscious mind, what conditioning is. Once you do that, I think like, you know, getting kids to set goals. How do you set goals? And goals that excite and, you know, kind of scary at the same time. And then also with that is like, how do you develop habits that lead you on par to make these goals successful? And having like the grit, having the, um, you know, mental toughness to overcome that, how to make decisions that are going to allow you to get to where you want to be. You know, I think communication skills, how to lead yourself, how to lead others, you can get on all kinds of topics. But I think as coaches, I challenge coaches to really think about teaching the life skills through the sport of basketball. And during a season, before a season, really think out, what are you going to teach? Like I lay stuff out and I know throughout a year, this is where I'm starting, this is where I'm ending, this is where I'm teaching it. And I think we need to think differently. We, how we teach the, what they call the soft skills, the essential, like life skills, we teach it more like, okay, we say a word, we talk about it, and then we move on. How do we develop a hard skill? A hard skill, what do we do? Constant space repetition. I shoot 100 shots today. I'm going to shoot 100 tomorrow. I'm shooting 100 the next day. I think we need to do that with these, these essential skills. We need to give them actual items that they do daily that they wrap it out. So they're actually doing it, not just hearing it. And then eventually they can sit there and be able to not only understand it, but they can teach others how to do it as well. Cause you don't know it unless you can teach someone how to do it. So just things that I would think about if I'm a coach to, because as a coach, Billy Graham said, a coach will transform more individuals in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. How many times as a coach you've had it, Coach Kevin, where somebody came up and they're like, man, I was telling my son or daughter to do this and that for like the last couple of years. You said it one practice and she went home and she started doing it. I'm like, what? Because Coach Kevin said it. Right. We have that impact and, and, and using it in the right way. Well, you know, and, and also talking about that, and sorry, guys, for the, if it's too loud, but I'm going to okay. try to talk over. It's okay. I appreciate it. But, you know, soft skills, like I said, it's what makes the, the hard skills stick, right? It's, it's what – it's that when you start working interpersonally, in a communication, uh, when you start working harmoniously. The way I like to explain it, too, if you look at a beat, a drum, a guitar. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time 
in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. Hi, this is Kirk Gilsdorf of Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast, Kevin Furtado, keep up the great work. Are uh, the snares, that's just the instruments. But what makes the melody, the rhythm, the timing, the, the toe tap, that's the soft skills. Right, and that's what makes it all stick. I can we can go get a hundred shots up today. What Michael Jordan say, Jim? Hey, you can be really good at doing things really bad, <laughs> right? Just because I repeat them doesn't mean I'm going to get really good at them. It's I have to understand how to get my emotions wrapped around them, but but understand how to channel them to where a place where again it's just like a question if I ask Jim, if I ask you, Kevin, hey, tell me your favorite teacher in high school. You may think a couple seconds and say, oh, I got it. That same thing, that, that the same answer you gave me is going to be the same thing is going to help you win that state championship. It's that player was able to not only retain information, but we call it when we need it. They were able to conjure up that emotion to recall it. And that, so I've seen a transformation, again, being a product, a product of things that we share and teach. And as Jim, Coach Jim has taught me, uh, numerous of times, when you learn to teach, you learn it twice. Hey, one one thing I want to mention too, Kevin. I don't know. Have you ever read the book Little Book of Talents? I have not. No, sir. I'll tell you. So I want I want Charlie. I'm telling you, this book is is an incredible book, and it's based off what it is. Is uh, Daniel Coyle spent years of going around and researching the areas throughout the world that had lack of resources, low population, but they produced like all these great tennis players. They mm -hmm. produced these great hockey players, soccer players, musicians. And he went and studied them. And he tried to figure out what did they do to train these individuals to become masters of their, you know, certain, you know, uh, sport profession they were in. And um, so I want Charlie to kind of talk about, this kind of transformed even him and myself even thinking about um, instructing and developing a complete basketball player. But Charlie, can I tell a little bit of the story of like Mike Davis and how that came about and just how now we can get into just training someone on the hard skills to combine the soft skills and how we kind of put that together? No, I appreciate that. So the little book of talent, Coach Jim just uh, alluded to it by uh, Daniel Coyle. Uh, he, again, he ran around hotbeds around the country, around the world. Um, and what he picked out was he called it 52 top tips. Okay, 52 top tips, right? And he, and he has a chapter per tip. And I tell you again, and again, I, I just, I'm very humbled to have these opportunities because that's what it's about, small victories, like learning how to overcome, not just our students, right? You're saying you're here to learn as well. 
So I hit a, I hit a wall as a coach. Uh, at one point, gentlemen, I had 20 teams, 20 club teams, going from not knowing what is a club team to 20 teams in a matter of months. Right, and if you can imagine, my voice was gone. I was, uh, I had parents start one game as I leave one gym and show up. You, you get the ro- the whole probably order, but I hit a, a, a plateau where I just felt burnt out. I just felt I wasn't growing. I just felt like I can't reach my players anymore, and I called Coach Mike Davis because Mike Davis, um, he was, uh, you know, assistant coach at Indiana University when I was a senior. Uh, Coach Mike Davis uh, ended up taking over uh, Indiana University um, after Coach Knight was let go. And, you know, Coach Davis in three short years, two short years, uh, took those players in 2001 to the National Championship game. And he lost to Maryland. And, you know, uh, and one of my coolest stories is the night before we're watching tape, watching film, studying uh, Juan Dixon, you know, as he's getting ready for his game plan, 12 12, 12 o'clock at night. You know, in Atlanta, Georgia, again, when it was there, he was preparing. And I was in the room, and I was just like, wow, because I was like, Coach, you said you were going to be a head coach in a couple of years. We didn't know it was going to be Indiana, right? So that was somebody I'd always go to just when I was just felt ran down as a coach or learning. He said, hey, Charlie, I want you to read two books. One book is uh, Mindset by Carol Carolyn Dweck, and the other book is The Little Book of Talent by Daniel Coyle. And he said, after you read these books, give me a call back. Take me, you know, a couple weeks. But the little book of talent blew my mind. It set me on the path that I feel firmly the reason why I was able to connect with Coach Huber over the last couple of years and why we're on this podcast. Because those 52 tips I took to heart. And I think I put on paper one of the tips, stare at who you want to become. I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask. Right, right. So, so, so that's that's something. If I go into a tip, because what what Coach Davis told me basically, you know, he he read the book short story. When he read the book, how it moved him as a coach, and he was honest with me. You know, he was in you know coaching Indiana. Thinks he didn't really know. Now, if you look at Coach Davis today, it's like wow. You know, he has a son, Antoine Davis, that's you know one of the top players in uh, in the country as far as in college. You know, he broke Steph Curry record as a freshman sh- three-point shooting, made field coat uh, a three-point shooter, um, and, and just amazing. But a lot of the things Coach Davis talked about was soft skills. And I really didn't understand it. I thought it was what Coach Jim talked about, be positive, show good character. But, no, it was number one tool is incremental progress over time. You know, he would ask me, Charlie, would you walk one hour for one penny one way? Would you do that? And would you do it for 30 days? And if you knew that penny would grow in compound interest, because that's how habits grow, right? And that's what that book is about. It's about how to develop habits, but how to take these simple things to understand them. And, and I shared that book with Coach, Coach Huber, you know, because those are some of the things that I started learning to teach and teach from. So giving you one tip, stare at who you want to become. That's a mentality that we use for watching film of top level players so can i can i jump in really quick coach for that um and i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that because i i i do that and i i I had nobody to study under but i i tell my players all the time i have a girl that's a 10th grade girl and she reminds me of sabrina inescu now that's saying a lot but every day 
I ask her, hey, did you watch Sabrina? Do you watch her workout? Do you watch her game? I call her Sabrina, you know, of course. Sabrina, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But I, I try to kind of, I, I, she studies her, and I kind of try to relate her game so she has something to shoot for and try to learn because I think Inescu is not the best athlete, but really skilled. And uh, that's, is that, that's, that's really what you're talking about, correct? No, I mean, that's, that's spot on. And again, if, and again in, in a film study session, it can go both ways. We can talk about an individual move. And again, something that we're going to teach or discuss that is in a game situation. So you're talking about irrefutable truth. And now we're teaching you how to watch film. Not just watch it for the oohs and ahs and for the shot made or the defensive stop. No, picture yourself in that defensive situation. Picture yourself in that footwork and ball toughness rip situation. Picture yourself coming off that screen. That's staring at who you want to become, right? And that's a basketball mentality. And, and that's a tip, right? So it's like, and I say this, you know, we do it all the time. I did it with Coach Huber, and I firmly feel I attracted Coach Huber in this regard because I would watch his DVDs. I would watch him teach, and I would take extensive notes, and I would replay it over and over and over. And just to have him on the phone for five minutes, for two minutes, was just like a, I was like a little child inside. I was encoding that emotion. And again, it's a, another mentality for me. It's you copy to customize, so imitate the greats. Take their traits to emulate, because the emulation is what it's about. I may have to take Coach Jim's, Coach, uh, Coach Jim's uh, teaching points today, but I want the same essence to be there for tomorrow, so it may be in my words. That goes back to another trait, right? Steal without apology. There's nothing new under the sun. Make it yours. Right. So, so, so like all those things is what I've learned to do as a coach that's really helped me and it's freed me up mentally. Right. I leave my premium space for me to grow. It's just freed me up on development. It's, it's made it easier to practice plan. It, it's made it easier to, you know, put out plans for weeks at a time and, and have uh, 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 time to actually scale back if I need to. Because you, you know that you've been around players and, and they bought into the concept of, 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 of really not getting better, but feeling better. You know, tools make us feel better. That's why we use them. It's not about, because getting better is just an aspiration. It's like an abstract desire. We want to feel better. So I want players to feel better about getting better. I want them to feel better about practice planning. I want them to feel better about pregame practice planning. Right. So, so that book really set me up for success. And, you know, I owe it a lot again to the person I'm staring at right now, which is Coach, Coach Huber. Well, and that's why you think about with COVID-19 hitting, Kev, is like, I don't know how many times we even have players, you know, we had to scale our camps back because with COVID, but how many individuals would be like, hey, what do we do after camp? You know, what, what do we do after this? And you'd be like, oh, I'll work on this. We're going to, you don't have anything laid out. So Charlie and I were like, okay. Like the book talks about everything's in like eight weeks. They talk about eight week training sessions that go through. So we developed this complete basketball player eight week training session, but we included, okay, the progression of all these type of things that you get into um, of these skill sets and you layer them, but then get into notebooks they have and you're teaching the hard skills and the soft skills being students and 
we have video clips of each week, the workouts they do that show the high level people doing them and break the clips down. So we're explaining to them why we're showing them and what they need to do to emulate them, but then also having it to where we set the videos up where they can just watch it over and over throughout the day, a couple of days. And even before they go to sleep at night to get in their subconscious mind. So trying are like developing a eight week program that again, kids can coach themselves I and mean, they can do it on their own. And uh, you're giving them everything like this little book of talents talks about. And here's the other thing. I challenge coaches in this is when they're doing workouts, you know, to understand what the difference of like most like a block practice to, to what is a random practice, what is interleaving skill practice. And I'll even ask kids a lot of times. I'll, I'll ask co- kids these questions. I want them to be able to coach themselves. I'm like, what's a, what's a block practice? And they're like, they can't tell you. I'm like, well, a block practice is, okay, if I do form shooting and I shoot the same shot over and over from the same spot, that's kind of a block. If I shoot, you know, 12 uh, step-in uh, elbow jumpers from the right side, that's a block practice. And what is a block practice? We're what? We're trying to condition the mind, the body, repetitive, being consistent, repeatable, what we do, mastering skills. But that's not game-like. So now we have to do is we have to make it more random. What is random? It's game-like that every shot's going to be a little bit different. So I might do a drill and we might be working on say, okay, we're going to work on, uh, you know, uh, forward pivots. And I might work on turn forward pivot. And the first one might be a shot. The second one might be a direct step. Maybe it's a one dribble pull up. The next one might be a cross step into a finish. The next one, so we're, we're like, and every time the footwork that I'm using change, I might go right, then left, and mix it up. So it becomes random, right? Every shot's different. My footwork's different. So it becomes more game-like, because that's what games are. And then it's like interleaving skills. Okay, now you're going to interleave eventually. I'm going to combine ball handling with shooting, with finishing, with footwork. We're combining it in situational type, you know, like, ball screen play you talked about or might be coming off away screens or screen to screen or action now you put them in actions and you're interleaving with random now it becomes really game-like now am I going to take an individual that's a uh, recreational player um, that's in the third grade for, and, and I'm going to do a lot of this stuff with them at the beginning no I'm not there's going to be a level to it so again like understanding how you progress into it and that's why again like we developed what we did is try to help, okay, coaches don't maybe understand. Here's something your kids could do. Or kids don't understand their parents. Here's something you can do. And, uh, and you can, again, coach yourself. Because this isn't difficult stuff. If this is rocket science, Kevin, I wouldn't be talking to you today. Right? right. It's, 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 this is simple stuff, right, to understand and teach it. But that's just understanding. I think coaches realize the difference of workouts and how to – develop these different workouts and the stage that kids get to uh, to help them out in their progression. So Jim, I want to add to that. If you also think about this, Kevin, looking at making your workouts and planning them by the season everywhere, like every 90 days, change it up. Right. But I mean, cause a core overall theme is incremental progress. We want to get better over time, but what I'm doing in the summer it's not going to be the same workouts and skill that I'm doing in the winter, right? So, so even to that point, looking at how you break down your workouts. And also, when he talked about uh, block practices, random practices, randomization, interleaving, you know, these are concepts that um, that's how we learn in school. 
We, these are actual concepts. And randomization studies have shown that you end up getting information 40% times quicker over block because you, we have built the fundamentals, you've given the technique, now we've made it simple on the footwork, right side, left side, now you mix it up, we give you options, but that randomization matches that game-like situation. Yeah, I love that. And uh, one of my favorites, and I know you know him, Chris Oliver. I was listening to him the other day, and I love Chris and how he kind of relates the game. He was talking today. We were talking about, hey, should I use, you know, like form shooting and block? You know, he's not a big believer in form shooting and, and, and block practice. But he says, yeah, there are times when you have to use, like, the one-handed form shot that we do, uh, mic and layups, things like that. But then mostly you have to kind of combine what you were saying, Coach Miller, is you got to combine on different types of shots under defense, under duress. So it should be a little bit of both, correct? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I, I go back, going back to this, Charlie, what Kevin's saying too, is I understand, like, I agree with what Chris is saying, but I think there comes a point that, again, if I have a young kid or someone that is, doesn't understand how to shoot a layup, they're not good at it. Am I going to put them in a random situation? Am I going to yeah. put them in something? I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right. I mean, I, like form shooting to me, if a kid doesn't have good mechanics in their shot, it's like Chris Mullen talked about. If a kid has bad mechanics in their shot and they do that over and over for many years, it's hard to change those bad habits. Yes. And so to me is I think, I think block, block reps are key initially when people are learning. Learning the Little skills, blocks. the fundamentals yeah. of doing it. You, you, if you don't do blocks, I, I, I guess I'm – I, I think about it differently. Block, I'm going to master this skill. Right. Once I master the mechanics of it, okay, now I can get into more of these random interleaving. But to me, if a kid doesn't have those skill sets and just take their footwork and it's all messed up and they have no understanding of it and you give them too much, I think you overwhelm them. And that it, now they develop more bad habits. I do the developing go slowly to better habits. And then once they get that down, you can speed them up into more things we're talking about. Now, Charlie, you can – you want to add to that? No, I mean, I think you just nailed it. I mean, I, I think there's building blocks, pun intended, <laughs> to development. And, and I think, you know, uh, setting a good tone of expectations by building through uh, block practices. Again, and, uh, yes, all three of us know what block practices are, but a lot of people don't, right? And, and you know, uh, so I think it's also identifying and defining these kind of practices because I don't, I don't feel like I'm speaking out of turn, but I, I want players to become their own inner coach, right? Not to where I'm not listening to coach Kevin, I'm not listening to coach Jim, but I want to be a coach on that court and I want to be a coach on that bench. And if I understand how to work my plan, plan my work, if I understand how to prepare, then when you start throwing things at me, randomization, interleaving, uh, mixing it up, then okay, that's fine, right? It's fun, but I've had a, I've had a set foundation. Who knows how long it's taken to get there, but I, but I but it was able to master those small key steps that I no longer need motivation and inspiration to go do. And I, I think it's also important too, is once like, you master this and you start getting into interleaving, you start getting into random type stuff is then eventually getting into one-on-one -on -one situations right. that you're playing against somebody and you're 
you know, in a live game situation, whether it's like, okay, you're going to throw it from corner to wing, you have somebody closing out on you, you got to think shot, and now you're in attack mode and you counter off of it. Or like you talked about, Kevin, you put them in a small game situations, whether it's a two-on-two ball screen play, whether it's whatever it is, hand off some ball screens, you put them in situations. Now we worked on these skills. Okay, we applied them. Now this is game-like, so now we have defenders on us that you simulate game situations as well. That's right. That's right. Can I – I want to interlude because I, I ran a camp the other day. I run a lot of camps because um, I have – from K through 12, that's what I teach, all, all my players. Um, and we, we just taught nothing but basic skills of, you know, footwork, everything like that. And then it's like, man, you hate to put like a third through fifth grade group into a game situation because it just comes – it just looks bad. It's like when do we as coaches – add games into particularly the younger kids when do we do that because that thing is the hardest thing that's that's an under top thing i think is we actually play games before they really need to but they still need to learn how to play uh what's yeah, the question there? I, I i think i mean like if i had a fourth fifth grade team in practicing i'm gonna break down a practice course i'm gonna work on starting out with a lot of you know skill one-on-one one but eventually I'm going to teach them how to guard conceptually, defensively, man to man. I'll teach them like offensive concepts, how to space, how to move without the basketball, you know, how to get the basketball where we're getting ball reversals and the movement. And then I, I, I put them in like young kids like that fourth fifth. I'll put them in like three on three, like little situations, limit their dribbles. You know, they got it, they gotta face they don't face up, it's a turnover. If they dribble without face or whatever, it you know, it's it's a turnover. Like you can put little things in there for them and make it to where you rep this out. Um, I think, but you like I for example, there's there's this league in, in where I'm at, and they had a kindergarten three on three league. I thought it was gonna be like a half court, every possession stop. Okay, right. we have these kids position, we're helping, okay, pass, you cut, move. It became like a three and three full court, and it was like just kid was really good, get it, and he'd go all the way down. It was like, what are we teaching them? It's like, no, I thought it was going to be a half court. Sure. And we work on skill, we work on developing how to play. So I think I, I think you have to take, like, you know, especially third, fourth, fifth, you got to make it some game-like stuff to have them have fun, too. Because right. they don't have fun with what they're doing. They get zoned out, and they, like, they don't want to come back. So it's like the balance of getting some small-sided games make it a fun, enjoyable. And if they're messy, they make mistakes. Yeah. It's like telling kids, like that growth mindset, hey, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. If we're messy at the beginning. You'll get better and better as you do it. You might add to that, Charlie. Well, no, I think that's spot on. I, I actually have a fourth grade group um, that um, one of my coaches, actually my family member, my niece, um, she trains and she teaches and we talk about it all the time. I'm a firm believer um, and play-based play learning, even in education for my daughter, uh, who's eight years old, and my son, who's four. It's all play-based learning. And in that situation, you know, you're talking about shrinking the court, right? You want to shrink the court. And I, you know, again, you know, acronyms or whatever you want to call it, but, you know, there's a couple of things I chart on two-on-two, three-on-three play. First is called PTs, purposeful touches. You know, when you receive the ball, did we get in hockey assists? I passed to Kevin, Kevin passed the ball to Jim. Let's chart that, let's celebrate that, right? Did you catch the basketball and then get into a stance? Did you check the temperature, right? With the ball in the air? Did you get down? Did you sweep? Small things that again, for me, the expectation is very low 
on winning a game. It's more so enjoying learning. Can I help them stay engaged every practice, win, lose, or draw, and, 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 and enjoy learning, right? And, and, and again, it's like, you know, um, the more we learn in life, the more we can earn, not necessarily in money, but just in, in time, in, in time spent, built. The more we know in life, the more we grow in life. And that's all I'm really about. How can I help these young ladies uh, learn and have fun learning? You know, and, and shrinking the court to, you know, odd man situations, small sided games, one on one, you know, all these little teaching points, you know, that you can teach also older players. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of my take on that. Well, I'm going to steal that PT. I'm going to use that. My, I got my workouts oh, coming right now. All yours. Take hey, it. And I, and I, I love PTs, you. man. Yeah, I love PT. that. Well, that's, I, I mean, now, now you want to talk about this and uh, let me, so where I get that from. So, you know, that's a soft skill because even in college, you know, I knew this, you know, we had a sign in our locker room, hold the other opponent to 65 points or less. That's a PT. That's a purposeful touch. They score 63, we score 65. There's a high percentage we win that game, right? So I took that back from 20 plus years in that locker room at IU and I can still see that sign today. So on defense, here's what I chart. I call it individual defensive plays, IDPs. So how many hand deflections did you have? Were you in a passing lane? And have we decided to play the passing lane? Is it more chest to ball? Because we have a team that really loves to uh, attack the lanes and gap? Is it more a, a, a closeout where we're closed off? Where we really want to make it tough to make passes, right? So, and again, I it's just, we create our own little community. And, I, you know, it's just a way to really, again, show players, and I call it edutainment. I'm giving you a lot of education, but I'm entertaining you at the same time. We're making it fun. We have low expectations. We higher expectations, the more we understand what we're doing. It's like the law of perpetual increase. The more I retain, the more we can gain. But we have to do it together. I love it. I love it. Hey, guys, I, I only have a short time left. I got to go to my workouts pretty soon, but I, I can stay with you guys forever. We got to have a part two coming up here. Um, hey, let's finish with just your three phases of teaching a hard skill, because I'm not sure if that's done correctly by a lot of head coaches out there as far as actually teaching a hard skill. Well, Jim, I, I'll uh, take it over. Start. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. So, you want to start. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it, 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 you know, it's, it's over the years, how can I say 20,000 words in, in three? Like, I just do it, right? And we'll get it in part two where Nike came up with that. It was pretty interesting how they came up just do it. But anyway, I it's just build, transfer, execute. Build individual skill. <laughs> the categories that Coach Huber has came up with, the categories of basketball. I, we, as I said, we want to build individual skill. Mm-hmm. Once you build individual skill and you're building it, we want you to transfer the individual skill into universal team concepts, dribble handoffs, ball screens, away screens, flat ball screens, defensive closeouts, rotations, all we can, we, we built the skill individually. We gave you your homework. Now we're starting to, and it's what I call two or more players coming together. That's universal team concepts. And then lastly, how to execute. 
those team concepts into game performance. So, like, that is the theme and the epitome for me as we look at, you know, the complete player. This complete player understand, you know, these three phases. I can build my skill. I can transfer them to any universe team concepts, and I can execute in a game. Hey, one, one thing I want to add on that, too, I think, Kevin, is uh, I would challenge coaches when you teach a skill to help and let's break it down. Say we're going to teach a change to direction move, right? So you're going to teach a crossover, okay? I challenge coaches when they teach it to help kids understand why would you use a crossover, right? Okay, so a crossover, it might be because I'm going to use it because somebody's maybe chest to chest with me and I can't barrel them over and I want to, I have to change directions, right? Or it could be I'm doing a, I'm, I'm maybe a, you know, kind of a slow to quick dribble. I'm, I'm you know, learn the defender and I'm maybe going across between and making moves to set up the move I'm making. Because in, in the game of basketball, you're trying to get defenders of what to change stance, right? Maybe they raise up out of stance. Maybe they turn and open up the gate and what you're doing, right? So again, understand, okay, here's why I would you not just go, oh, we're going to work on a crossover. We're going to work on behind the back. We're going to work on it. Oh, okay, that's great. But why are you teaching it and where would they apply it at? Like I'll tell kids all the time, okay, say somebody's chest to chest with you. And Charlie and I talk about what are like the things you can do? Oh, I, I could pick it up and shoot it. I could pass it, right? I could change direction dribble. I could do a step back. I could skate dribble, whatever. Like you're teaching them the things you can do. But okay, here's here's why you would do it. And then here's how to be effective. Maybe three quick tips. Okay, it's going to be low, quick, tight, or whatever it is. Here's how we're going to do an effective crossover, right? Here's how we do it. And then you put them in simulator. Okay, in situation in games, okay, let's apply it. Okay, this is when it happens. Boom, here's when you apply it, right? So, again, they understand, okay, why I'm doing it, how to do it, and this is where it's going to be applied in the game situation. And I think with every skill they do, like whether it's a, a, a lateral skate dribble, why are we doing it? Okay, well, and I ball fake, they run by me, lateral skate for three. It'd be coming off a ball screen. I got a lateral skate. I'm trying to create maybe a, 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 a where they got a, a switch on us, right? Creating separations. Maybe it creates a switch. I'm opening up. Maybe it's like getting a better passing angle on the post. Like, again, why are you doing what you do? And I, I think once you can, kids are pretty smart. They can pick things up. And as Charlie said, I'm a big believer in you got to give them not only the tools, but help them understand why they're doing it to coach themselves because they can actually do it. And you'll see kids start to coach other people in the program. That's exactly They'll it. start to show – you'll see kids in camp will do it. They'll yep. show kids how to do something. It's like, oh, that's it. That's it. You got little Charlies running around, right? You got little Kevins running around. And that's when it's like, bam, okay, now they're getting it. Hey, I just want to add to that, and, I, and I, you can't take away those points. But one of the key aspects also to that, is understanding at the end of the day, how can we equip these players to become complete? Because <laughs> right. at the end of the day, we're using that basketball as a, as, as a tool. But again, it's all about essential life skills. The things that you know, we are able to do today by reaching, but they will never forget that what's been imparted to them. 
So, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, share that information. What a great curriculum. Matter of fact, I want to get it on your, uh, I think Meredith gave me two other topics. We got to get you guys back for the topics two and three again, because I absolutely love it. Um, great insight into giving us coaches a curriculum ideas and a progression and how do we assess things. So I love that because it's all about teaching, right guys? We're teachers. So as coaches, yeah. we need to do a better job of that. Uh, how can we get a matter of fact, I love your websites. How can we get access to you guys and to your resources? Cause I know you, I know you want people to kind of dive into that. Coach Huber. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I know my site is coachhuber.com. And if you go onto that, if you have any questions or want to reach out, you can get a hold of me there. We have kind of this, you know, complete basketball player, like eight week program that we have up there that people can look it. into and, and have it. And Charlie, they can reach you at, uh, what is it, Attack Basketball? Or? Yeah, Attack Basketball Academy. You can you know, Google Attack Basketball Academy. You can look, uh, look at that and resources. And uh, appreciate you going to the website, Kevin, and, and looking at it and, and um, you know, liking some things there. So that's where you can reach me at. And you can find too, Char Charlie, man, I, I think he's like, I got to say this, Kevin, he's like an entertainer. He's, he's becoming like Billy Joel. Like he's traveling around with his basketball, like Billy Joel did with the piano. And I, I think he's going from state to state, city to city. So you can look too on the site. You can click and go to breakthroughbasketball.com, look at camps and find Charlie Miller coming to a theater or a gym near you. Charlie freaking yeah, Miller. You call me Charlie, Billy Joel. Charlie. This goes with me on the road on the airports because this is now the new PA. Yeah, that's the piano man right there. 100 watts, Jim. I'm speaking like hey, this. Kevin, Kevin, real quick, real, real quick before I let you right? go, Kevin. So where he's right. Gonna, I was going to ask Kevin real quick, though. Where are you at in Georgia? Uh, I'm in Greensboro, Georgia. We're on Lake Oconee. I coach at Lake Oconee Academy. Matter of fact, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is actually building a new place out here. I mean, it's we have coaches. Wow. It's a great area. Yes. I want to get you two guys to come out here and run a clinic. Out here. How far? How far is that outside Atlanta? Like, uh, what's I, it closest to? It, uh, it we're between Atlanta and Augusta. Yeah, um, really. About about ninety minutes each each way off of I twenty. So we can get we got to get you guys out here. Yeah, look look forward to it. yeah look forward to future uh, future conversations and Kevin. Hey, thanks thanks for what you do. Seriously, yes. like you're educating, providing great information and tools, and I can tell your passion behind it. You got a great smile. You light up the room. But just like you can tell, you're energized by becoming better, but helping others become better, too, to have an impact, to, you know, on kids for the sport of basketball. So thanks for everything you do. And I appreciate everything both of you guys do. Man, you guys are great teachers of the game. So, again, thank you so much for joining the uh, – now you're part of the Championship Vision Podcast family, man. Welcome. Special. There you go, man. Special. Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Appreciate right, it. Take care, Kevin. All thanks, right. buddy. Be good. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. Hey coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision. 
because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.